This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians. With your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Conan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing the housing market, trying to buy your first home, and if you are trying to buy your first home, where's the best place to save your money? What about if your parents are going to help out? Where should they take the money from? And finally, we're going to explore that first home savings account and how it works. Perfect. Mike, tell me about the housing market. Let's start with that one. Housing market continually confuses me. You know, with the rate of uh, mortgage interest rates now, I thought there would be a flood of houses on the market and price would be going down like crazy, but it doesn't appear that's uh, the case. There's still, I think they keep on saying, there's limited inventory, which has continued to keep the prices. Most people haven't uh, done whatever they can to avoid putting the house on the market during a low marketplace. And they've kept the inventory thin, which has kept the uh, market reasonable. It's interesting. I was just speaking with my uh, bank advisor, and bank manager. And I asked her, you know, what's it like with mortgages right now? And she said, it's really tough. Uh, People are having to sell their home. She said, mortgages are coming due and they can't afford the payments. And you and I have talked about that on a few podcasts. And they're having to sell the home. Luckily, houses are getting sold, but they're having to downsize when they probably wanted to be in a position to upsize. And so it's really putting a strain, but there seems to be enough buyers out there whether they're investors or first-time buyers that are taking in all of the the supply that's available. Yeah, I always time the for sale to sold timing, right? How long it takes between the sale sign and the sold sign. And it still only seems like a few days. As soon as they hit the marketplace, they're gone. Yeah. And uh, weak housing markets, you know, you see the houses for sale for months and, and goes on, but that doesn't happen right now. So let's start with question number two, which is if you're going to, help your kids with their first home, where should you take the money from? And let's assume that they've got choice in this matter. Maybe you've only got money in the bank or something like that. But what are the different accounts and which, if you were talking to a client who had all, you know, an RSP or a RIF, they had a cash account, an open account or a tax-free savings account, where would you suggest they take the money from? Well, let's start off with the worst first and work backwards, right? The worst thing you could do is start to take out of RSPs or RIFs because the tax consequences for the parents are horrible. And you never regain that room too. If you remove money from an RSP, it's not like you can never replace it. Number one, you're going to pay your full marginal tax rate, whether it's 50%, you're going to pay 50% tax on that. And you can never replace that room. It's gone forever. So that's probably your worst choice. Then you start to work up the next one. There's tax-free savings accounts. Now, tax-free savings accounts are interesting because uh, you can take it out and you can replace it, right? But the idea is this is your your best investment to grow tax-free. You'd hate to use up that money because you only have this one room of tax-free savings that you can actually keep money in and not have to pay tax on any growth. So if you do have another option, I would probably shoot for a different option than using your tax-free savings account. The one advantage with the TFSA is might be timing. So you might be able to delay a tax bill by taking money out of the TFSA in say December 
and then you could put that money back in in January and you've delayed the tax bill if you've had to take money from somewhere else. Yeah, or even split up a tax bill between two tax years. What about open accounts? What are what are the limitations or restrictions on those? Open accounts can be good, but you're going to trigger capital gains, generally speaking. So there may be some tax consequences to take out your open account, but but they're usually probably one of the better choices. So I looked at some data just on in terms of how much people are helping their children. And this this is helping adult children. So with down payments, about 41% of individuals are helping their children with down payments. The next one was even more interesting. What about groceries? What percent do you think are helping their kids with groceries? Don't have a clue. 37%. Not dramatically different than house down payments. And, you know, some of them, it's a small group that are putting, you know, $1,000 or less, maybe 25% of them. Uh, Between $1,000 and $5,000 a year, about 64% are giving them somewhere between $1,000 and $5,000 a year. And the rest of them are giving, so we're now up to, you know, 89%, about 10% are giving them more than $5,000 a year. Those are still pretty high numbers. So we know they're going to help their kids. I think it's important before they start doing something right away, get some advice on where you're going to take the money from. It appears kids don't get cheaper after school, do they? They don't, especially in this day and age of, you know, high interest rates and high housing prices and high inflation. What about the kids? Where should kids be saving? And this is before the new option, because we're going to explore that towards the end of the podcast. But let's you know, where should kids be saving their money? You're in your early 20s. You want to have a house by the time maybe you're 30 or, or, or maybe a little later, maybe a little earlier. Well, RSPs still have a first-time home, home uh, buyer's plan involved in them. So you're saving for your first home. Your RSP is nice because you get a tax deduction in there and you can take uh, some money out of that for your down payment for your first home. So, And RSPs are great because you do them, whether you're getting the house or not, you want to have your RSPs done. So it, it's a great strategy to have in place. What I like about the RSP myself is immediately you get that tax break. So now you get some of that government money back and you get to work with that too. And whether that goes into your tax-free savings account, now, you know, if, if you put $10,000 in and if you got $4,000 back, you can now get $14,000 working for you, 4000 of it in a TFSA growing tax-free, 10000 growing at least tax-free for now inside your RSP. So those two make some sense. What about a cash account? Does it make sense to start piling cash or an open account? Well, if you use up your other options, RSPs and TFSAs, I mean, TFSAs are going to be tax-free, so that's an easy, easy saving method. But yeah, if you have an open account, it does make sense to get it in there too. That's somewhere where you take out where you're not losing any type of tax advantage in the future when you take the money out. Again, the nice part about TFSAs and some of these other accounts is they're not forced to go to the home because, you know, you may buy a home next year. You don't know what's going to happen next year. Interest rates continue to go. It might be three years from now. So the tricky thing about the first home is there's not a date that's set where you're going to purchase your home at this time. Things are going to change. Flexibility, I think, is key. So let's now explore this new first home savings account. And so this is something the government 
came up with the idea in, uh, you know, last year. Uh, it's taken a while for the financial firms to get their head around it and the new rules, and the government was a little late getting the rules out. Um, but here's, here it is as we know it today. You can put in $8,000 a year for a maximum of $40,000. So for five years, you could put in $8,000 a year. It is fully tax deductible. So, you know, if you're in the 40% marginal tax rate, you put in $8,000, you're going to get a refund of $3,200. So that, that's an advantage. So, so it's tax deductible, just like an RSP account. What also is different is the next part. It grows tax-free. So it's just like a tax-free savings account. Once it's in there, that money grows tax-free. So if you put in that $8,000 and it grew over time to be, let's say, $12,000, you can take that $12,000 out, apply it to the home, and it's all tax-free. So that, that's a nice little account. If you've got two people saving for a house, yeah. now they can put aside $80,000. Maybe they can come up with $120,000 without any tax implications to put down towards their first home. Not bad. There's not many disadvantages in this, is there? There really isn't. Um, I think it's a great option for those that may one day want to own a home. It's, it's a great strategy. A um, couple of restrictions. It is only for first-time home buyers. So if you bought a home before and sold it, you can't suddenly start using these accounts. Very strict. You can contribute to it for up to 15 years. So if it takes you longer, if you can't do that $8,000 a year, you're, you need to do you know two $3,000 a year over 15 years, you can do that. You can f carry forward the contribution room, but at the end of the year, you can only still do $8,000 a year. So, you know, if you didn't do it the first year, you set it up, didn't do it the first year, it's not like you could put in 16000 the next year. So basically, if, if you're a parent and you're in a position where you're financially well off and you have additional uh, income to spread amongst the children, you should probably always look into an 8000 Once your kid hits eighteen. $8,000 going into their first-time home savings account plus another 6500 in the tax-free savings account. That would just make sense, wouldn't it? It would. It would. So that's 14500 you, you know, you're lending the kid the money or you're giving the kid the money. It's, it's a great strategy. And it's a tax shelter. I mean, if you look at family net worth, that's another $14,500 that you're creating a tax shelter for your, for your family. If you have two kids, you know you're creating $29,000 in uh, a tax shelter. As we've learned, it's not abnormal to help kids with their house down payment. I know when I bought my first place, my parents, you know, basically gave me 20000 Now, it came off the distribution when they passed from the will. I think my sister also received money. So there's ways of doing it so that you're still treating all your children fairly, but it certainly helps them maybe get into their first home, whether it's a condo today, you know, maybe it's not a full standing house. Mine certainly was. It was a, it was a, <laughs> a, a, a three, three floor condo right beside the train tracks. And when the train went by, it was like it was coming through the living room, but uh, it was a great first investment. It's hard to argue with the tax-free growth of home ownership over the years. Uh, when you look at people's assets, when we're doing financial plans, you look at what they paid for the house back 20, 30 years ago and how it's grown and it's a tax-free asset, it's it's a pretty good investment. So if, the sooner you can get your kids involved in it. 
the better off you'll be. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. You've been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.